One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Toffee Web Podcast. Everton are the only Premier League side yet to score at home this season. Luton are the only Premier League side yet to take the lead in a game. Surely one of those has got to give here this afternoon. Decore. Spotted McNeil who makes the most of the situation! And boy, did that almost come off. Doughty to take. Morris again! And it is followed up by the Luton Town captain. He makes amends for his earlier miss. Doughty goes to the back post, and Morris is there! Luton Town's top scorer in the Premier League is at it again. Everton nil, Luton two. Kalenko, McNeil, opts for the cross, gone is there! Off the frame of Thomas Kaminsky's goal. Good header by Morris. Onana, good save, surely! Calvert-Lewin looks straight over at the referee's assistant, whose flag remains down. Everton on the verge of losing seven of their last eight Premier League home games. McNeil looking for Beto, Harrison at the back post, Beto! Surely the Portuguese should have done better in that situation. Harrison challenging with Benny. it's the Irishman's head. Wins the ball back into Beto! Well, you can't say Sean Dyche's side haven't created chances. 
is there set up for us today. We had a, a large portion of the game with possession. We asked enough questions to score goals, but we get in the final area. The dynamic of going to score a goal, the amount of times we flash it across the box, we're not quite driving in, and it costs you eventually because all the possession, you know, and all the chances, and all the rest of it doesn't win games. You know, taking your chances and stopping them going in the end, that's what wins, uh, wins games. Hello again, Blues. Welcome back to the Toffee Worm Podcast. And welcome back to purgatory of the constant stressing about the security of Everton's Premier League status, of checking the results of teams like Burnley, Wolves and Bournemouth, and essentially not knowing what Everton team is going to show up from week to week. Last Saturday brought us the misery of a home defeat to Luton Town, punishment it seems for Evertonians daring to approach a match with a modicum of optimism, which was the seventh loss at Goodison Park in the last eight under Sean Dyche. It's a miserable record, especially when you consider it's almost a year since we last scored more than one goal at home. No pressure on Saturday when Bournemouth come to town then. Andy, it's been a while since we heard your dulcet tone, so I'll let you start us off. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, Luton Town at home. Um, there are no home bankers in the Premier League anymore, I suppose, unless you're Manchester City. Um, but surely after two really good away wins, the least we could hope for was beating a side that looks doomed to return to the Championship. Although it was the most predictable thing in the world on, on at the same time, you know, it was the most yes. unbelievably good bet looking back, wasn't it, that that Everton would lose that game? Um, you know, that predictability to how it finished. Um, we've been here; we're going round and round in circles. Um, I thought we'd be fine. On Saturday, uh, I thought we'd find enough. I thought we'd find enough of the, the form we'd we'd had in the week prior. Um, I'm sure we'll get on to team selection, but even the team that was out there, um, you could see it having enough for a team that is going to struggle this season. Um, and I was, I was I was listening to the first part of the game. And it just seemed like a matter of time. Again, you know, we've been here again this season a lot. When are Everton going to score? They will eventually. And then 15 minutes later, they're 2-0 down. Um, it's just so predictably, so so unpredictable, yet predictable at the same time. And it just completely knocked the wind from my sails. Um, because I was thinking, like the rest of us, you know, if we can beat Luton, if we can beat Bournemouth, even if we get a point against Bournemouth after that, it just seems to set us up for what will hopefully be a more comfortable winter. But, oh, yeah, it's um, you're right. It take, it sends you back into the tailspin of, oh, what are Burnley doing? And what are Sheffield United doing? And, oh, Wolves have won. Oh, no, here we go. You know, it's, it, it's um, you know, it starts all that again. Um, incredibly disappointing. And I'm, I know we'll come on to what we maybe think the reasons were for it. But I do think that team of players that was selected should be good enough to beat Luton. Um, and that's no disrespect to Luton because they came and they did it. They had a very clear game, game plan and they did a job. Um, but any job they do, I have a feeling that player, that set of players should do better. So um, here we go to another winter of discontent, I feel. 
Well, at least we're, we're familiar with the winter discontent. It's, it's, it's nothing new. Is it? When do we get the winter of content? <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever had the winter of content? <laughs> um, I was saying after the game, I came home in a, in, a, in a very stinking mood. I was, you know, probably a little bit underdressed for the, you know, okay, I had a coat on at least. He saw some poor, poor souls just in t-shirts coming out of the game, getting absolutely soaked and dodging puddles and you know, just shaking off a little bit of a cold and came home cold and wet and miserable. Um, you know, really disappointed. And uh, I'm like, I came home saying to Kat, saying to my wife, um, look, you know, you go to, you go to every home game and, you know, are you really asking that much just for once in a while to be able to come home and enjoy your evening and just relax and enjoy your dinner and enjoy matching you know, and sit down and, and, oh, great, watch matches a day? Even, you know, as you say, nothing's for free in the Premier League. There's no easy games, I suppose. There's no, you know, but I'm not, I'm not even just pinpointing this particular one of like Luton. We should be beating them. I mean, we should, but, you know, I'm just getting so sick of it. You mentioned at the top of the show, Lyndon, the, 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 the record, and what else is it, 13 and you know, 13 defeats in 19 or something like that as well, if you if it's stretched back a little bit further. It's just become a misery going to Goodison Park now. And, that and you know, it, people complain about the sort of, oh, the crowd aren't getting behind as much anymore. The crowd just don't get have, have enough to get excited about, quite frankly. There's not enough goals. And if you're not scoring goals, you know, obviously the, the, the atmosphere is naturally more buoyant once you're ahead and all that. And, and obviously it's, it's harder for the other team. So it's, <laughs> until we start converting some of these chances the misery would go on but we've got to get, um we've got to get real here because the if we keep up this form at home we're going to get relegated it, 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 it is as simple as that you can't afford to go a season with the home form that we've that we're on, on at the moment obviously you can't we've lost every one of them but we've really got to sort of um uh improve that really really quickly um yeah it's just i mean sean dice will be he'll be going mad because the amount of chances we're creating we we created a lot in the first 50 minutes and we should have put something away or we couldn't hit the target of anything. That was the real, uh, real disappointment. And you can see there he goes. But I thought, first, um, Garner hit the bar and we finally got one back. And you thought then, oh, we'll be all right in this game. But I thought that second half was really, really poor. I've um, defended, you know, Everton quite a lot when, um, you know, we lost to Fulham and we lost to Wolves and, you know, Drew at Sheffield United, etc. But we played quite well, and you know, a lot of, on chances and the way we played most of the game. You know, it, it's not a fair result. We've done well, but I don't have too many complaints of the Luton game to be honest. I thought the second half, we had a lot of time in the half. We we didn't um, didn't really do enough to to get anything. I don't I don't think in that. I was really disappointed, and I don't normally again because I backed them quite a lot. I found myself a lot of disappointed in Sean Dyche's um, substitutions. I don't think he got them right. Um, you can like it or not, but I think we um, taking address the guy off. We played a lot worse without address the guy in there. Uh, he keeps things t- t- ticking over uh, very well, um, and I thought he was. They lost there, not him not being there. I, th- I think the players missed him in there, uh, not being there in the second half. I felt like because Luton, I don't mean to discredit them, but they're, you know. They're, they're certainly not one of the best Premier League teams you've seen. They don't have a huge amount of quality, and that was apparent in a lot of the things that you do. I thought maybe was Jack Harrison the right call? Just a little bit of wizardry from Dan Juma might have been a better, you know, some of a bit more trickery, somebody could get inside a bit more would have been would have been more useful. I thought he went four four two far too early. I don't think he needed to gamble that early on on getting two up fronts. 
I thought Patterson could have given more time. You know, we didn't we didn't have to worry too much about defense generally in that second half. It was all about they were all about containing. So um, thought he got a lot wrong in that second half there. Um, so yeah, just real real flat after that game, and uh, oh, he needs to pull it right big time in the next game against Bournemouth because uh, you know we lost we lost so many points at home already against teams we had to beat really. Uh, so yeah, you do you do worry if you don't start picking up results soon. I mean the record. Is I've said it before, but our recent record of the last couple of seasons, two and a half seasons, probably getting on for three now, it, it's barely possible because we have we're we're just doing enough to stay up, just doing enough to stay up, and the I mean some of the stats that Lyndon's already said and other ones out there of the last three seasons. You'd you'd actually it's quite an achievement to get the record we've got because we 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 are not doing enough to go down and yet we're not doing enough to get enough many points. It's just it it just gradually grinds you. It does grind you. And like Paul, you know, I've I've tried I've tried to sit here defending, not defending, but supporting Sean Dyche and supporting Everton as a as a thing and some of the players, but. When it comes down to it, you just do sit there on a Saturday evening and think, I'm sure other fans are just having a lovely time waiting for match of the day and <laughs> looking at the league table on their phone and thinking, God, oh, that was another good day at the footy, wasn't it? And it's just, um, it's joyless, isn't it? <laughs> oh, But there we go. I mean, you know, uh, it was interesting to hear what you said, Deitch versus players, who was, who was at fault, who was... I don't know how it looked to, to you, Lyndon, but it. Which side of the, that fence are you coming down on? Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one because when you look at the, the performances against uh, Brentford and, and Aston Villa, I mean, no one at that point would be screaming sack Sean Dyche. Um, and I think there was some, you know, the way that we played, particularly by the way we played at Brentford, and there was some 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 tactical flexibility and now that was on display at, at Villa. I mean, they obviously changed the formation and it worked you know, to a T. But, you know, when you look at the Luton game, the the criticism, I think, that you throw at the Deitch, and this goes to quite a few of the games we've already played, you know, the, the Fulham game and the Wolves game. I mean, it's, it's a 90-minute match. And you cannot rely on, you know, getting through, sort of scoring in the first 20 minutes and then hanging on for the rest of the match. I mean, you've got to have a plan beyond, you know, when things don't work out, if you've got players who are missing chances, you know, not getting the goals that you deserve early in the game, you've got to have a plan for the rest of it. And it, either Deitch doesn't have a plan for it um, or he isn't able to to fix the psychological shackles that are on this team that it cannot adapt or, um, you know, find a way to, to, to get through the rest of matches and, and find, find different ways of scoring goals and finding ways of winning matches. I think that's the biggest problem. For me, the other issue is this, and this is going to be obviously going to be a dilemma for him on Saturday as well, is just what is the best formation in midfield? I've, you know, we've have had discussions coming out of the, the reports that I've written where I think I would have, particularly given that Luton were the opposition, and again, no disrespect to them, and I think they, they came and executed a plan very, very well. You have to give credit to them for that. But I think against Luton, I think that there was a case for starting James Garner in the centre and one of Onana or Idrissa Gay. I'm not too sure why we, why we had to have both of them against Luton. But 
again, and it comes back to this dilemma, is that we we look worse a lot of the times with the Drusagate gone, but his liabilities or his deficiencies are obviously in attack. And I think we saw that again where you know, he he couldn't hit 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 water if he jumped off the off of off the Mersey ferry. You know, it's it's amazing. And then but then you've got I me mean, oh, just and as somebody mentioned on the website in response to that, I mean Onana is not much better. Um I just feel that at some point you're going to have to make a decision between one of those two, eh? Because it's just a case. I mean, he's no spring chicken as it is. He's not getting any younger. At some point, we're going to have to replace him and and sort of get over this this obsession with two deep lying midfielders uh, and and sort of try something different. So I'm not sure what the answer is. I think um, I saw enough from Jack Harrison in the two two performances that he's had so far. Uh, coming off the bench, I think he for me was one of the bright spots. Even though he wasn't, he didn't really make much happen. He at least looked like he was trying and sort of capable of. Uh, and I think a, a combination of him and Nathan Patterson down the right, I think longer term is going to be actually quite exciting. It's obviously going to need to develop. Um, so I would, I would have Harrison in the team. I think Dan Juma coming off the bench is a better option, and I think we saw that against Luton. A better option than just sort of throwing balls up to Beto and Calvert-Lewin. That was a strategy that patently didn't work. And I think that uh, Dan Juma, while he's inconsistent, he certainly offers, he offers a bit, a bit more, a bit more nous and a bit more technique up there. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to pick the team, but I, I just going to have to find some, some answer to this and it's going to have to happen soon. Can you see why he picked that team, though, having had the week that he'd had? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's it's less about the team that he picked, and it's more the, the approach that they took in the second half, I think, is is the thing. And people have been saying that our fans have been calling for two strikers up front, you know, going better and Calvert-Lewin. I mean, I don't think... I certainly wasn't calling for it. I was intrigued to see what would happen, but I didn't think it was the, uh, you know, the panacea to our problems. Uh, I think... Uh, you know, the way that we've been playing um, in, in certain instances and certainly earlier in matches is, is the blueprint. But if it's not working, then I think you see the limitations either of Deitch's management style, the team, or both. Well, yeah, I, mean, I thought like sticking better on with, what, just an hour gone to go up alongside Dominic. That impeded us a bit further, I think. It just meant we were just, I don't know, it's something we hadn't played before, really. We'd gone well too direct, sort of, for a sudden. I suppose that, that said, better missed a golden chance too, didn't he, in the second half? You know, it's... It, 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 I mean, sometimes... I've seen... I can, there's been loads of games I've seen over the time, and I've seen, like, you know, Everton play, oh, not very well, play okay. But you win sometimes at home. You just you just create enough and you win. And loads of teams do it all you know all the time. They're just uh, particularly at home. Yeah, don't always play particularly well. But you you know you you sneak through and no one cares. You go home happy. <laughs> and, and, and and that's as simple as that. And you know on another day, Everton yeah, just take some of them chances and and and, and get away with it. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it, 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 there's there's argument to say we were a bit unlucky in that, like you just don't put the, you know, on on, on chances alone. So I suppose in, in one in one instance it, it might have worked. It's better. It's such an easy chance, really. Um, from what six yards out of the header, really, that should have gone at least at the target. Should have been a goal. 
I can't believe how we were so incapable of hitting the target throughout the entire game. It's just absolutely maddening. You know, at least in, if you look at like the um, the games against Fulham and Wolves, you can point to like Leno and um, the the Wolves keeper, forget his name, um, making wonder saves, literally like incredible saves throughout the game. You know, to 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 keep the score um, at, at nil. But um, this is just absolutely ridiculous amount of times we missed the target. I don't really agree on Jack Harrison coming on there. I, again, like, like I said earlier, like I, I find it, I felt he got a bit too predictable. And given what um, uh, what 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 Luton's game plan was, they were just kind of digging in. Certainly by that point, I just felt like he um, was yeah, just he kept us like kind of trying the same thing and didn't really really work. I've got nothing against Jack Harrison. I think he'll look a good player, but he just got to be a bit more maybe horses for courses, I guess. And I feel like a team like Luton who were there. You need your players who are going to be a bit more creative and unpredictable, and Dan Juma could have been that. I think he, he showed quite a bit of that in the very short time he had. If he'd have had a full half of that, that could have been different. So um, I don't normally, but I do point the finger at Sean Dyche a little bit with this one. Just, 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 I just think it got all wrong. Um, I think it's, it's the proof's kind of in the pudding with Dyche as well. It, he hasn't he hasn't been great from coming behind in games, has he? When we've gone behind in the match, it's not too often we've had to. You know, he's been good at going rescuing 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 sorry a point he did it at Chelsea quite memorably but there's really too many other times when we've gone behind and got back into it conversely once we're ahead we normally do pretty well so it really really emphasizes the importance of getting that getting that first goal and when you're missing no joke about five really good chances in the first 15 minutes you know it's, it, you wonder don't you and going too down it's, you just kind of felt quite early oh god how can we get back into games once we go behind? Because that's, it's it's a problem we're really going to have to overcome. Um, simple simple answer, of course, being score that early goal yourself, and then uh, and then things should be fine. Um, yeah, really, really maddeningly frustrating, uh, frustrating day on Saturday. But I suppose in in his defence again, no manager sets up a team to defend like they did for the second goal in that set piece. No manager sets a team up for. Her, the inability to deal with three identical corners um you know i don't know whether i lay that at his door um i don't know whether you can lay that at his door really that just seems to be at times quite experienced footballers switching off completely mm. um you know let, let's not pick up let's not pick up the big guy that's on his own at the back post you know <laughs> uh, i mean ashley young taking an extra touch on his own post um, yeah. And the, us not dealing with that central kind of corner routine they had going three times on the trot. I mean, you know, Dyche hasn't got any hair, but you would be tearing it out, wouldn't you? You'd be thinking, well, we, what's going on? And when you're when you go two 0 down at home, I mean, some managers will gamble and it goes right, and all of a sudden you look like a genius. And sometimes you gamble and. It doesn't. I mean, I, I agree with you in that I don't think he had to gamble quite that soon because we'd got the goal before half time. If we hadn't have got the goal, okay, I think you'd probably just scrap whatever you were doing and go for something that, you know different. As having got back in it, did we have to rush into that? Probably not. But he tried it, and if we'd if better would put the header away, and then you know, God only knows what happened in the last ten minutes. A mass scramble and somehow the, it goes in the Gladys Street net. Then. The guy looks like a genius, but I don't think I don't think the big incidents in that game, the big moments in that game, were us missing and us conceding two poor goals. Um, and I don't want to kind of aimlessly defend the guy, but 
to me, that's not really on Deitch. Surely, I mean, ultimately, the way that the the manager sets up the the team to defend set pieces, I mean, at some point, that's got to come back on the manager and his and his coaching staff. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah, but if some kind of if I'm playing Sunday league football and the big lad's on his own at the back, someone goes pick up the big lad. I mean, it's not. It's not that's not kind of days of hard work. That's just very, very simple defending, isn't it? Yes, no, absolutely. In that particular instance, I mean, quite how no one's picking him up. And it's funny on the on the commentary that the, I think was it uh, Alan Owen's commentary for the Everton side. It said, you know, that, that Morris is there. You know, that they'll be aiming for Morris, and <laughs> it's exactly what they did. Um, you know, that yes, no, that's obviously not on him. But you know, we looked susceptible and weak from pretty much every corner that they took in that match. Um, so, I mean, it's and it's weird because we've been f- fairly decent at defending set pieces under Sean Dyche. Um, we've had, as we've discussed, plenty of opportunities from an attacking point of view under Sean Dyche. The thing that, and I think this probably cuts to what he was saying about not about how the inconsistency of this team is driving him mad. It just doesn't seem to be any consistency from from match to match. From player performances, you know, Anana's great against Aston Villa, but then he looks terrible against Luton. Uh, Adrissa Gay, you know, has has all these great sort of um, ball retent, ball winning metrics and pass completion metrics in his own half, and yet, you know, to the, to, often to the eye test, he, he just looks uh, he looks a, looks a weak link. So it's it, it must be maddening for Deitch because, as I say, there we you don't know which team is going to show up from week to week. Or even in sort of in within the space of ninety minutes, you know, sort of players are going hot and cold, which I suppose is in some instances is to be expected. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, and that's maybe that's part of his problem, uh, and part of our problem is that I'm just not sure uh, whether the, what the answer is, other than just sort of keep banging your head against the wall until something breaks, you know, and something goes our way. But as I said before. My concern is that there aren't answers once we've hit that proverbial brick wall, um, as we did against Luton. And clearly the answer is not Jordan Pickford lumping it over every blue shirt straight to the opposition goalkeeper. Uh, it's not just sort of throwing balls forward at Calvert-Lewin and Beto and hoping for a knockdown when you very rarely have players going beyond. So I don't know. I, I, I honestly I mean, what, what, how would you set the team up against Bournemouth on Saturday what what would for, ask each of you what would be your midfield combination uh, and your and your wide players who'd you all ask first <laughs> oh you're going first not me <laughs> <laughs> you're going first yeah okay so Andy could just go yeah same as whatever he said <laughs> <laughs> which wouldn't be wise um, I don't know it's a, I mean I've just got written down and circled here. Don't panic. Um, <laughs> I don't mean, you know, I, I don't mean in life. I mean just to, just generally for this game. Um, I mean because the the thing is, we're creating so many chances. It's it, it's 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 a bit of a joke, quite quite. I mean, not not a funny one, but it's. Um, I saw somebody tweet the other day like, against Fulham, Wolves, and Luton. We've created fourteen big chances and scored one. Uh, them opposition teams, Fulham Wolves and Luton in them games, have created half that amount, seven, and scored four. Now, 
it's not rocket science what the problem is, is it? We, it, yeah, we, we, we know this. Um, even Dominic Calvert-Lewin's come back and scored a goal every game, and we still got the same problem. We're just not scoring. We're just not. We're just not scoring enough of the chances. Now, if we keep on, oh, now that loot, that loot in second half was really poor. I accept um, because it felt like panic. It felt like uh, you know it's. Um, a lot of chopping and changing, and a lot of changes. I, I don't think that Sean Dice is great when when we're chasing a game. I don't think that's his forte, and, that, and, and that's kind of the problem. But once, once the opposition score, it just feels like okay, Keen get get stripped off. You go up front, Beto, you're on. You 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 let you. It just feels like all a bit a bit of madness once we go, um, once we go a goal behind. Uh, maybe we've got to be a bit more patient when that happens. But if we can just start, if, I just feel if we just keep on creating this many chances, surely there's got to be a game when you know, when a few of them go in. You know what I mean? And it, because it, it's just law of averages, right? So um, I know I haven't quite answered your question from what you asked about the midfield and what we do there, but yeah, I just don't really see a huge need to change an awful an awful amount, really. Um, if you asked me a couple of games ago, I'd probably said, yeah, you could take a Jurassic out of there. But then I found it very worrying how we performed in that second half when a Jurassic wasn't there. But nobody was just keep retaining the ball. Nobody was keeping it ticking over. Nobody was keeping it simple in the middle. You might you might, you might scoff at the amount of sort of times he gives it away in dangerous areas. But his stats show that he keeps it very well and, and, and wins the ball back well. So I'd be worried about him not being there. I would like to see Garnham in the middle, yes. Um... I feel a little bit uneasy about Onana. I'm not too sure. Um, one hand, it feels like a big call to drop him and to take him out of the team. He might just have one of them games when he's everywhere and brilliant, but then flip side, it might be a bit of a kick at the backside for him. I guess if you go back to that brilliant win at Brighton last season, the midfield three were Adrissa Gay, James Garner and uh, Decore. And that's been our best performance. Maybe you revert to that. And then with your wide players of uh, obviously McNeil, Probably, probably Jack Harrison, I guess. Um, yeah, let's go with that. That's what. That's what. <laughs> that's what I'll do. <laughs> I mean, horses for courses is is completely right. Um, and, and I know there's been some frustration with the fact that Sean Dyche went with more or less, or was it exactly the same team that won at uh, to Brentford? Uh, Apart from Lewin. Apart from Carvalho starting rather than Beto starting, mm. yeah. So it went, you know, same setup really. Um, and but but you're right. I think now they're all hopefully fit, apart from Coleman, isn't it? Is the only one now uh, that we're waiting on? Um, surely he has the squad and the options to go. Okay, against them, they're going to do this. So we're going to do this in this particular game so against Luton like you were saying maybe it needed a little bit of unpredictability with Dan Juma maybe it needed something else in midfield you get the sense that surely he's at that point now where he can start he doesn't have to just pick the same 11 that or 10 of them that won the week before because they played really well he's got enough at his disposal now to change it and looking at how Bournemouth play you know they're back four they pretty much play a well a what is it? A five across the middle, middle when they haven't got the ball, and push two men, wide men on when they have, and it's a, it looks a little bit like what we've been doing, really. So, do you you can match it up? I'd probably put Patterson in. I would probably take out. Um, I'd wonder. I wonder whether you need to call Ray at home 
because away from home he seems to have that Midas touch of being the kind of extra midfielder that bombs on and just he, he is a midfielder for when we need him to be one but then he bombs on I wonder at, at home whether there's that same space whether you could do with someone like a, a Ghana playing where he was or maybe a Danjuma playing where he was or something with maybe with with a bit more of the ball can do a bit more with it that's just my thinking so I would probably kind of go same back four but put Patterson in I'd be tempted to keep the midfield three as as Gay, uh, Garner and Onana. And then, what does that leave us? McNeil on one side, Harrison on the other. I'd put Garner in there, haven't I? Yeah, so Garner's in there for, for basically for Decore and then keep Dom up front. Is that enough players? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I don't think it needs massive change, but... I just don't know whether... It, and I'm, that's nothing on Decore, really, because he's done quite well and he's been one of our bright spots this season. But I just wonder whether we can be a bit more dynamic in terms of, well, don't just play the ones in form. Play the ones that you think are going to win the game um, in in that particular match. And there'll be a time for Decore to come back in or a time for Ashley Young to maybe sit a bit deeper or whatever you want to do. But, yeah, that's what I'd do. I'd keep Gay, keep Onana... Have Garner playing in there as a ball-playing midfielder with them. Maybe start Harrison or Danjuma. Wouldn't mind which one. Keep McNeil on the other side and keep Dom up on his own. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's that's not a bad shout. I mean, I would imagine that Deitch's instinct would be that you know Decore's energy and his you know his effectiveness in the press most of the time. His height, particularly against uh, Bournemouth, who have some some big players, he may think that that is his best um, option. I actually like the idea of perhaps just trying Ghana behind uh, Calvert Lewin. Whether he has whether he has quite the same money, he does. I mean, he's yeah, he's a very tenacious player. Probably matched Akure's energy, um, but or um, you know, dropping. As you said, I think it was you posited that about best performance away at Brighton was was with Garner in the side. You know, maybe that's the option there. Just um, you know, take one of Onana and Gay out and see and see you know see how it goes. Um, or you know, start with the with a fairly similar team, but then you know make some of those more proactive changes early enough in the in the second half if things aren't going our way uh, to to try something different that way. But it's a uh, I mean, I just I just keep coming back to the the fact that we don't have many options. We don't have the biggest squad, uh, and we were sort of talking about a selection dilemma last time. Given the way the players have been playing well, but when they're not playing well, the dilemma, I guess, is, is how you how you make things work with the players that we have. And I'm still I'm still kind of lost. I'm still kind of lost for what the answer is. Well, one um, one. Just a word of caution about uh, dropping uh, the core there against Bournemouth. Who's going to score the twenty-yard screamer? Which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, and this and this is it. And it comes it comes back again to this this inconsistency. You're not really able to to rely on some of these these key players to to deliver a consistent level of performance from week to week to week. I think that's a, a, a another problem that Dyche has on his hands, isn't it? It's 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 knowing, you know, that the players that are going to deliver haven't been delivering at home. No, it's a team. It's, it, it, 
it's a squad with a lot of players who with limitations, really, isn't it? And that's the thing of yeah. putting together a squad over various different managers with slim budgets and uh, yeah, and uh, competing against teams most of which have massive budget. I mean, look, like you know, team coming here, Bournemouth spent enormous amounts the last uh, last two transfer windows, haven't they? To, to you know. To, to not have a lot of return from it, really. They're, they're not performing well at all. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a real battle. Um, and that's why, obviously, we need to be doing uh, maximising our home form. Um, but I think, you know, the, the scenarios, who just the, the, the teams who just um, just kind of said, oh, we could play this, we could play that. There's not really a lot of difference, is there? You know what I mean? In terms of, like, oh, you know, who you're changing around and how much is that going to affect the output of what you got? And um, that's why I kind of think it's like... Not time to panic. It, it might sound silly given like the, the home form is very, very alarming. But again, if, if we weren't creating so many opportunities in these games, I'd be really alarmed. I'd be really, really worried. I, I still, you know, I am, I, I am concerned, obviously. But just these amount of chances, you know. And sometimes you, you, you're like, like I said before, you, you'll have games when you don't play very well and sneak a win. <laughs> some of them have got to come at some point too, because it's just, that's, that, that's football that happens. I'm not saying we're about to turn the corner and go on a mad run and just win a load of games, but I just feel if you just these, these amount of chances, it, it, it's surely just <laughs> the way football works. Surely there's there's got to be a game <laughs> soon if we keep that up, then um, then then uh, you know it'll, it'll be it'll be converted into goals. Um, the big positive is Dominic Carvalho, Lewin, would you say the last uh, the last few games yeah. for me anyway? Yeah, but he was, he was definitely the big yeah. positive against uh, Luton. I thought he played really really well. Um, it snatched at one or two sort of very ambitious ambitious efforts later on in the game, but um, definitely the bright spot there. So if he can if he can stay fit, of course, if he can keep that up, you know we know we know what a player he can be for us. So yeah, that's 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 the optimistic, and I just think convert some of these chances. Like as, as Sean keeps saying, you make they got to make the story, they've got to change the narrative, and if they can change that sort of stat from what to 14 big chances and one goal to. I don't know, 18 big chances and four goals come, you know, come uh, come five o'clock Saturday. We'll have, uh, you know, we'll have uh, won the game. You know what I mean? So uh, let's do that. Let's go. Let's go and do it. And it's just putting the ball away. And then the best, the best gets easier. You know, uh, we're, we're better at defending leads. You know, we're, we're probably more, you know, probably more switched on with set pieces. We're less nervous and get an early goal, get goals as we as we saw at Brentford. You know, when we go ahead, we're generally pretty good. So um, that's the key to it converting chances two thoughts is it that we're just naturally a better away team in terms of the way we set up so we naturally kind of want to sit in don't we and then hit teams on the break or is the Goodison factor an actual thing is the are those players happier playing away from home at the moment almost that's one thought, and actually the second thought was, with better, t- but with better opposition coming up, which we have, we've got a run of better opposition than we've played so far. With the fact that we are actually naturally probably better suited to sitting in, even at home, are we actually going to see better performances and possibly better results against better teams? If that makes any sense. It's, it's these games. It's always been these games, hasn't it? It's been these games that we probably, in inverted commas, should win, where we struggle. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the caution that I have is just how bad we were against Arsenal, in, in sort of in that that line of thinking. Um, that's not to say that 
we won't be better against the a Manchester United uh, or some of the other you know the bigger teams like the Brightons and, and, and bigger team Brighton. Good lord, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. They're a better, much better team. Yeah, um, <laughs> sad, good. Uh, <laughs> so yes, so I th- but I think the the point you make about us being set up more like an away team now, and I've seen the criticism leveled at Deitch that we are even at home setting up more like an away team. And that doesn't work when the other team, like Luton did once they got ahead, you know, they sit in, they dig in, they go into a low block and they try and frustrate you and make things really difficult. And I think that the problem that we have there is, you know, we have, and I think most people would admit, you know, a a limited manager in, in that sense and that we don't have a team that's coached to pass their way through teams and haven't really haven't had one for many, many, many years anyway. Uh, and it's probably not going to change under Sean Dyche, so we have to find other ways. Um, I think the optimism that I take for this season, and I think where Paul is right not to panic, is that we are down there with with the three teams that came up really look like they're going to struggle. Burnley, you know, they've, they've been playing well, but they still don't have the results to show for it. Um, Luton will scrap their way, but I think as, we, as we've seen already, they 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 have limitations. Wolves beating Manchester City was really irritating on a number of levels, uh, not only for the fact that they get the three points, but it's, I mean, when was the last time we beat City at home? You know, you, you just cannot see that, that, what is it about our team that we're not getting results? Like Crystal Palace will go to both Manchester teams and win. You know, it's, it's, it's things like we just so rarely, in Brighton away obviously being a, a, a sort of a, a, an outlier, we so rarely go to these clubs or against these clubs and get these kind of results. So if we can start changing things like that, then obviously, you know, stands to reason things will we'll pick up. But yeah, my optimism comes from the fact that I think we're going to pick up more points away from home than we did last season. And all that leaves then is to just try and fix this home this home form. And in terms of the, the Goodison factor, I do think that in the absence of the kind of, you know, the rowdy, raucous, blue flare pumped up home crowds which we've seen the last couple of seasons we can't rely on that anymore the, the fan base has, has has basically spent of all that energy uh it we may can may come back every now and then the season against some of the bigger teams but there is an expectation that when we're playing the likes of Luton and Bournemouth at home we should be winning um and it, you know it shouldn't take a a coach welcome to to get the players up for it they should just naturally be able to uh to inspire themselves so yeah i mean I, I shudder to think what happens 5 p.m. On, on Saturday and we've lost again at home because then I think we've got all kinds of questions to which we don't have many answers. You know, if we're even if we're in no position to, to be sacking a manager and I can't, can't, can't for the life of me think of an alternative who might be out there to replace Sean Deitch at this point, I don't know what we do. So really, we have to win. We have to win on Saturday. I would like to go to some factor though. I mean... The, the crowds had nothing to get excited about this season. The, oh, I mean, in terms of goals, is, is the thing, and that's and that's what kind of does it. If you get the goal and then, you know, you you celebrate that tackle more, and you know, what I mean, and, and things mm-hmm. like that, it it, it changes the, the it changes the atmosphere. I don't think the crowd. They, I, I feel like it's it's been it's been pretty encouraging up to the point of not until you're not scoring any goals, and then the, eventually the other team score, and then the frustration creeps in. I don't think the crowd. I, I think if you know once once goals start goals start going in. You'll, you'll get a better crowd. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's fair. Um, uh, that, that, that's fair to say that. So, 
I'm not too concerned about the crowd being. That. Um, I don't know if the if the players almost like prefer playing away. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think if you look at if you take the games that we played, um, we started the first game with well, it was, it was Neil Mopey up front. We didn't have our you know really really a striker on the pitch who could put the ball in that. I was just trying to think who played in in the Wolves game uh, when we lost that one one nil. So I'm pretty sure Carver Lewin didn't. I'm pretty sure. Mope didn't. I forget who played up front. I can't recall. But um, yeah, again, but it's the same sort of same, same sort of problem. Not having a real striker on the pitch, you know, um, and somebody can put the ball in that. Well, we had two Saturday. Yeah, and, we, and one of them scored. But but yeah. um, it was Dan Jr. Yeah. against Wolves. That was oh, yeah. it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and one of them scored on Saturday. You know, and and Arsenal yeah had poor performance against a very very good team you know so I don't know I just think if we, the more we've got strikers on the pitch we're more capable of putting the ball in and that the more the more we'll the more we'll score the more excited the, uh, the, the the better the better the players will play at home so um, yeah, people still get behind them and uh, I don't I really I hate that thought maybe I just I just don't want to I just don't want to think you're right Andy I don't know I just hate that thought of the players being scared of playing at Goodison Park or not wanting to preferring to play away from from Goodison Park because that's it's the last season at Goodison Park don't forget <laughs> so it's a real uh, you know it'd be a heck of a damn squid to finish on the players don't want to be playing there you know so um, I see what you mean um, yeah we do yeah the way we set up maybe does suit us more away from the moment it's a good point you make as well about um, about when the bigger teams come into town then yeah maybe it can bring the best out of us I think against Arsenal we showed not what what not to do <laughs> against them teams didn't we so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah maybe that'll help and <clears throat> it is kind of very evident isn't it in the, in the, in the perverse sort of way to to struggle in these games and then yeah yeah you know we'll turn over Spurs at home or something like that and games like that you know or Chelsea or something like that you know so um yeah be interesting month or two ahead and they find these when you get these big runs they're never quite as bad as you expect so if Evan can get the ball on against Bournemouth and then you got the derby and Brighton at home in a weird way seems something we could maybe you know win you know what I mean it's just it's just things like that might the corner might just turn but yeah we need to Especially going into an international break, we really need to win that against um, against uh, Bournemouth on Saturday. Because it'd be, I feel like a very long break, won't it? <clears throat> if we don't win that, knowing there's the next game is Anfield, you know. So it's um, yeah, it does kind of become a must-win really on on Saturday. It's not necessarily my belief that the Goodison thing is a thing. I'm just the more and more <laughs> the results go like that. I'm thinking, is there something in it, or or in the players' minds, are they just happier being away from home? I don't know. I I, I just I've been thinking that for a while, actually. I mean, you know, I know we've had the the Bournemouth game and for, of last season, and you know, we've got ourselves out of numerous holes at Goodison. In fact, we always seem to get ourselves out of the hole eventually at Goodison. It's just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also gets us sort of in a hole at Goodison as well. The seven defeats out of eight or nine that you mentioned at the start would back up that that thesis, wouldn't it? I suppose you know. So uh, yeah, maybe 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 there is a bit of a fear factor. Maybe maybe you're right actually, uh, because while I'm talking about these <clears throat> these games on see uh, this season and, and you know telling a hard luck story, you can't say that about. 19 games or however many games where it's become a real vote, I suppose. So maybe you're right. Yeah. I think it's just that expectation that when you're playing at home, you should be winning. Because I don't think, I agree, I don't think the crowd has been, they, they haven't, they have, we haven't had this level of toxicity that we've had at times, you know, in, in previous seasons. 
and I think plenty of the ingredients have, have been there. I mean, we had a, I mean, Anthony Taylor was uh, as terrible as always, you know, last Saturday. There were plenty of, 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 of things that could kind of get the crowd G'd up. And there was, from certainly from, from my vantage point, plenty of support there. It's just that it just didn't translate onto, the, you know, the players just weren't able to, to convert. And I think, you know, if Dwight McNeil's volley goes in, if one of... Uh, Calvert-Lewin's, you know, more ambitious efforts go in. I think there's certainly an element of of luck that played its part that played its part in that match. But again, I think all of us will come back to that point that it is a 90-minute match and you need to find different ways of winning. And Deitch didn't find, you know, ways of of, of winning. We had very very few chances um, uh, comparatively in the second half, and I think that's that's the concern. Does every get? You're right about Anthony Taylor, by the way. Just on him, it feels like every every time he referees, it ends up being that sort of game where he just has to mm-hmm. get like piss everybody yeah. off and you know, <laughs> aggravate the crowd and just like you know, just has to be overly fussy and just like it's just little things he does. You just like which you feel like you don't have to do it that way. <laughs> you can control this game so much better than this. You know what I mean? I just feel like it's it's Groundhog Day watching Anthony Taylor. It drives you mad. It's, just, uh, it's not the only ref, but like just just for the, yeah, just an, an aside. It, yeah, it did get the crowd rolled up, but I think the, by the time it was, I don't know, after like 75, 80 minutes, you kind of felt the game was up really forever. And it was just, it was such a disjointed second half performance. Nothing, you know, like, well, you still had chances at it, but it was, yeah, it just didn't feel like anything was really going to go in by that point. So yeah, by, and by that point, you kind of, you start feeling a bit resigned as much as you maybe still trying to egg them on a little bit and it just becomes a bit of a oh, limp to the end and, and yeah, the seven minutes of stopping time feel painful and yeah, yeah, it's um familiar tale really. Once we go behind, it's, it's a struggle to get back and unfortunately this one was a long, long time being behind in the game. The 15 minutes or so when we were behind against Fulham and Wolves, it was just as bad probably because we were rubbish when we go behind but it was obviously a short amount of time. Uh, from what I can see, the statistic is pretty stark. Under Sean Dyche in the league, if Everton have scored first, we have not lost. If Everton have conceded first, we've not won. So from what I can see, under Dyche in the league, if we've scored first, we've won all but three games. The other ones we've drawn. And if we've conceded first, we've lost all but three games and those we've drawn. So that is pretty stark. We have never come from behind in the league to win under Deitch and we've never gone from in front to lose. So yeah, first goal wins. End of story. <laughs> what are the three draws that you made? Chelsea away, Sheffield United away. And... Uh, Wolves away from the end of last season. Oh, God, yeah, man. Yeah, and the draws when we've gone in front, uh, we went in front at Leicester last season and drew. Uh, We went in front of Nottingham Forest last season and drew. And we went in front at Sheffield United this season and drew. So there you go. And I think, to be fair, the reasonable case to say them three games we drew, we could have won. Yeah. All three of them, really. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah, probably should have actually. Probably should have won all three of those games. Yeah. So you, you'd almost have. Well, I mean, I know it's if and buts and maybes, but you could quite easily have. You could quite easily have the record of once Everton go in front under Sean Dyche in the league, they win every game. It's just what happens when we don't, which is, you know, you could argue, you could probably look at it, the complete flip side of that in that when we conceded first and drawn, the Chelsea match. Wow, I mean, that was last minute. Last chance saloon, wasn't it really? That Wolves was exactly the same. I mean, Yerry Mina popping up. Um, and the other one was conceded first, conceded first. Spurs and and Spurs at home, which was again a last minute, a last minute Michael Keane Wurlitzer. So yeah, you could quite you you could quite easily argue that Everton win when they go in front and lose when they go behind. There you go. Bit of a uh, Positivity for the weekend. Though. Yeah. So though, well, if you, you know, if there's a goal after like five minutes, you, you might as well just go and beat the traffic, I guess. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just get on with your day. <laughs> I'm scared about, about Saturday, um, because I think it feels now a little bit knife edge ish. You know, we had those two good results, which was a big up turn. And you thought, okay, I can see where this is going. We're, we're on the right path here. We've stumbled again. But if you think about it, after this weekend, what have we got? Another break then? Is that right? Um, it's another home game against a team down there. If we don't win it or even worse, lose it, we've given another team their first win of the season. Um, I'm quite scared about Saturday. And I hope that isn't the kind of general feeling walking into the ground because, you know, you want it to be a different place to that. But, I mean, it feels knife-edge-ish and it feels, it feels like a very important weekend in our season. I know we didn't get what we wanted on Saturday. But if that continues this Saturday, I'm not quite sure where we go because, as discussed, I don't think anybody's in a position to even consider the short-term future of the management team or whatever that doesn't seem like anybody's in place to do that um what do we do you know if if we don't win or play well and draw saturday you know if we get beat um it's it's all of a sudden from being that upward curve we're on the downward curve again and it i don't know it feels like a big day in the course of our season and Possibly even most recent history, really. If we can get another three points, all of a sudden you look at the other teams down there, Sheffield United and Burnley and whatever, and you think, well, we might only be a couple of points behind Man United if we can win, you know. Um, I don't know, is that how it feels to you or am I just over over dramatic? I think that that plays into the Goodison factor that we're talking about and that that kind of apprehension about how the, the longer this run at home goes, the more the more worrying it becomes. And so you do get that heightened pressure on each match. That's that's I that's that's where I share your concern. What do you think, Paul? If you were going to the match tomorrow, how would you be walking in there? <clears throat> what what would you be feeling? Yeah, apprehension, I suppose. Yeah, it, it's a huge game. Um, you got to back them, I guess, haven't you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, 
optimistic with Calvert-Lewin. I think it's uh, a player who's looking good at the moment. I'm optimistic he can maybe be the difference maker. Um, yeah, that's what I was just thinking then. Um, I was just thinking, if you're Bournemouth, you're talking about this apprehension of the, the Goodison crowd and all that, and they must be aware of this. <clears throat> wouldn't you, you'd, you'd be straight out of the trap, wouldn't you? The, 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 the command would be straight out of the traps, try, try and get that early goal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, imagine Goodison if Bournemouth score after five, ten minutes. Oof, wouldn't be nice, would it? You know, it'd be, it'd be very, very tough. And it'd just be one of them atmospheres could be really, really tough for the players. So I feel like the, as I've been saying a lot of this podcast, scoring the first goal, converting chances could be key. So it almost feels like whoever scores first wins. Look at Deitch's record for when we scored, when we've taken the lead in games, it's very, very good. Look at it when we haven't, it's very, very bad. So, yeah, I think it's... Um, it's not who blinks first. <laughs> it's 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 who uh, it, it yeah it, it's who goes it, it's who scores first really. Um, so if we can get that them get that early goal, um, they've just conceded four. Okay, so Arsenal they've conceded four at the weekend. Probably their defense probably isn't tip top at the moment. So just converting chances. I back them to create chances at home because we've been doing that mostly apart from the Arsenal game. So I, I think it's the game where if we create the same you know create good chances again I think it's the game where a couple of them go in and we win the game 2-1 3-1 something like that I think it's I think that's what will happen there you go that's it's probably a good place to leave it <laughs> <laughs> yeah hold, hold just hold that thought please <laughs> All right. uh, thanks as always fellas thanks everyone for listening uh, not easy times being a blue but we have no option but to keep the faith hope that we'll click into place soon and we go on a bit of a run not easy when the rest of october looks so tricky but then as we said uh, nothing is easy at this level and anything can happen uh, whatever happens on saturday we'll be back next week hopefully to discuss the first home win of the season to calm the nerves and the fume until then blues take care and up those infuriating toffees Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.